Good evening, everyone. So, you tell someone that you're uh, you're in Kail and you're learning Hilchas Amir Lenachri. What's the first thing people think you're learning? Probably, go out of your house into the streets. There's something wrong with the lights in your house, and you go uh, out on an adventure to see who looks the least threatening or the most friendly. And once you hone in on your target, then you go over to them, and then you have to engage in this dance where you, you say, but you don't say, you hint, but you, you don't quite spell out what you want, and then they have to figure it out, and they have to be nice enough to walk into a stranger's house and flip your switch or whatever the problem is, right? So, however, that's not hasn't been hasn't quite been the focus here in the Hilfasmidalarachi, right? We've been focusing more on business aspect. Shuchat spoke about on Shabbos. I also spoke about uh, running websites on Shabbos, etc. And of course, much of the Simonim Shulchan Aruch we're learning about right now also are dealing with these types of questions in in the terms of what life was like back then. But we can't ignore the uh, the main question for for too long. And the uh, people would say it's probably the most common. Um, so we have to talk about and address this uh, issue a little bit. I'm not announcing that we're changing focus right now to focus on this. If there's a demand, if people want to, we can discuss it. I would like to characterize this as a shtikol hagdame. This is not a, you know, this is a sugi you have to go through for weeks, if not longer. This is sort of an introductory share to introduce you to the general topic, the general issues involved. And in particular, there's a discussion in the last couple of years as to whether Chabad, the way we paskin halacha, whether we have a different shita than the rest of the world, or whether the whole world is doing something wrong according to the Al-Tarebbe. So that's something we have to, that's, what, that's something I would like to introduce. And so, of course, it's just a uh, beginning, it's just a uh, prompt for much uh, further discussion and learning. Now, part of the problem with this topic is, is that it's not quite, it's not really a major discussion in the earlier Makaitis, even as uh, late as the Al-Tarabha, it's not the central discussion, the central focus. So it was really left to the Svarm in the last 50, 70 years to really make a say there and to explain what the Yisaitis of this concept are. And then we can, then it's possible to discuss the Mima'ayan. So to present how this how these halachas are widely understood today, so it's going to be based on a sefer by the name of Pia Pascha B'chachma, bought a copy for the Kail, I showed it to some of you. The author is Pesach Elio Falk, he just passed away not too long ago in Tavshin Pei. He was a mechanach and a paisik in England, in Gateshead. He's most famous, you go to the Oil Meshavelt, he's most famous for his work, Eizvahadr Levusha, where he sort of laid out in painstaking detail every single prat of Tznias, Menegea women and their dress, and that's considered the Bible of Tznias, the code of dress for uh, women in the Yeshiva Sha'ilam Meshavelt. It's, uh, it's been translated into many languages, Hebrew, English, many others, tens of thousands of copies. So that's safer. So the next pasuk is Pia Pascha B'Chachma. 
Volume one was about opening bottles on Shabbos. That's why they picked that name, I guess. But Chelek uh, Beis moves on to other Inyanim, and it's in part about Amir Lanochi. So he didn't write it Mamish himself. Uh, the way they presented it is he has two Talmidim that were going through the Sugi with him, and as they were going through it, they wrote it up, and that's and he was Magiet, he went over it, and he passed away in the middle of the big Magiet for the second print. I think this safer happens to be a very good one. There's something very Yisraelistic about how close to an issue, presents it and builds it up. In Chal, you have two categories. You have Poiskim and you have Malaktim. And usually that, that, that Venn diagram, they, they don't overlap. It's not, uh, it's not exactly the same category. A Poiskim is not a Malakta. The Malakta is not a Poiskim. But here, he's talking more in the gather of Poiskim. They quote uh, in the beginning of the safer that Ramesha wrote in his Askama. Many years ago, that I'm asking that he's a gadol b'tayra and that he should be mischasha bedvarav kachacham shahira, which they say is unusual for a Moshe to write. I'm not here to uh, overstate his praises, but uh, I'm explaining why I'm using his uh, work as the basis for the following. So in chapter ten, Gidre Isra Amira, he starts off by being magda that there's two kinds of ramazim. Assuming that you're not actually just telling the non-Jew what to do, there's two categories of Ramazim. One is Remez B'derech Tzivoy. It's a hint, but it's a command. And then there's Remez B'derech Sipur. It's a story-like uh, hint, allusion. You're not uh, you're talking, not saying, you're not actually telling them to do anything. These are the uh, semi-official names for these G'darim uh, that were accepted in the Halachas Forum in the last few decades. I didn't have a chance to see what the exact development, how these terms came to be. I would assume Shmir Shabbos Kolchasa is probably one of the most influential svarim Shabbos Bechlau and modern day Halacha Svarim Bechlau. So it probably has a lot to do with that. So what are these two G'darim? So he's Mazber, Ramaz Derech Tzivoy. You can see an example of this, the mark of this idea in Shukhan Arach Simen Shin Zayin. So it's in the Ramah in the last Sef and Sifcha Beis. And the first marker for this concept is from the Urza Ruah. But we'll quote from the Alter Rebbe, where the Alter Rebbe says it there in Sif Zion, Kol Dovor, She'osr loy melanochri la'asoyse b'shavas, if you're not allowed to tell him to do it, Osr al-fil lirmoiz loy la'asoyse, you can't hint to it either. Ohu adin, She'osr loy melanochri la'asoyse b'shavas, dovor ha'mutter, you can't even tell him something where what you said is technically mutter, but he understood, he understands, it's implied that what he should really do is a malacha. What's the example? The example given is, tell the non-Jew, uh, wipe your nose. And he understands that's not kipshutai, uh, but it's a euphemism that he should remove the coal on top of the candle that's disturbing the, the candle from burning. So technically, all I said was wipe your nose. He understood that I'm really telling him to fix the candle. You're essentially did tell him to do exactly what you wanted him to do when he did, but you just didn't say in quite those words. So that's not okay. That's what happens with Tzibin. Later on, it says if there's a flood, something like that, you're allowed to call an Anjou, even though by calling him to the scene, he's going to immediately get to work and, and try to help and save what he can. But you have to, this is a special din for Hafsad Gadol, not for regular cases. And but you have to be careful not to say Shum Remes Tzivoy Latake. And even here you can't say Remes Tzivoy. 
Whoever saves this, you won't lose out. Which is the mocker is already in Chazal regarding a fire. So what we're saying here is that it's not just a fire, it's kol hafsid. Then al says, that it's only by a You can say this lashon, kol hamatzal enim hafsid. But if you make a kusvara harishayin and a hafsid meruma, also lay hafsid. So no one loses all around. So even though we, there's a bit of a distinction here between Ramas uh, Tzivoy, but Mutra Leimar, according to this opinion, Kalamatso, but even Kalamatso is also so it, kind of in this category of Ramas Vedarech Tzivoy. It's a specific type of Ramas Vedarech Tzivoy, which might be okay in certain cases. At any rate, this is all limited to Hafsad Gadol. So we see that if it's not Hafsad Gadol, you can't do Ramas Vedarech Tzivoy. Even certainly Kalamatso, Hafsad Zayanim Hafsad. So Falk adds in his Sefer that in the Paiskim, more recent Svarim, we find different Lashonis that are considered to be in this category of Ramaz B'dayach What they all have in common is, is that in each case, you're essentially saying, in one way or another, what you want him to do. There's a certain action, and you're conveying, you're communicating that that's what you want him to do. So why is it only a Ramaz and not a tzivoy? Because there's something missing from you, something lacking in your sentence. Either the part where you tell him to do it is omitted. So let's say you're maybe standing and pointing at the light. So technically you didn't say anything, but uh, it was pretty clear that you're asking him to do a specific thing. Or the spelling out what you want him to do. Meaning, can you please illuminate this room? Okay, so technically I didn't say, can you please flip the switch? I said, can you please illuminate this room? But I told him to do something, so that is also a remez, but right? Because ultimately, in other words, ultimately, when he does what he's doing, it's not that he made a decision on his own. When he was doing it, he felt, oh, I am, this person asked me essentially to do something, and now I'm going to do what he asked me. Yeah, okay, he didn't technically ask me in, in those words, but I understand that he's asking me, and that's what I'm going to do now. I'm going to fulfill his request. So that's Ramaz B'dayrach Tzivu. Then there's Ramaz B'dayrach Sipur, the second category. So we'll also we'll use the way the Alter Rebbe presents it there in the Hemshech of Sif Zayin, the marker is from the Magen Avram, whose marker is from Maram Mintz, where this, where this idea comes from. If he doesn't tell him any order. But he just says something from which he derives on his own that he should do a malacha, then it's okay. What's the example? The Nachri, Shehevi Geras Chasuma Ekishura. He brought, he's the delivery man, the mailman, he brought a sealed envelope. Shehena Yisro Yachal Apaischo Lakaira. Sadil Chashabas, he's not allowed to open it. So Yachal Lemela Hanachri, Eni Yachal Lekreisa Kosman Shehena Psucha. Gives you the quote that he could tell, he can say it to the non Jew. You know, I can't read it as long as it's not open. Then he opens it on his own. There was no statement here of a specific thing to do. All he said was, ah, I can't read it. Too bad. It's his own conclusion, his own understanding, his own decision that I could do it. Shaila is, what is the exact Hagdara here? Right? He's still doing something on behalf of a Yid. And we'll get back to the Al-Tarebbe here, something, there's a line here that the Al-Tarebbe has, we'll get back to it later on. 
As we go further, we see the Mishnah Brura. Taka develops this idea further. You look at the Mishnah Brura and Sifkat Nayan Vav. Asr Lirmoy Zermasek in Altmi Merhamiz, Derech Tzivoy. Because that's what the Mishnah Brura says, that's included in Amira. And you're also not allowed to, uh, then he brings this word that you can't tell him to wipe his nose, this and this style. But if it's talking up a lotion siva, you can go in shoimer. Now he gives other examples now. Uh, the candle isn't burning well. You're not, it's too bad I can't read to the light of this candle because there's a coal in it, there's something at the top that's disturbing the light. It's okay. It's not included in speech. There's no Amir here, but isn't there another problem? Isn't there a problem of Hanah from Malacha? Right? We know even if there's no Amir whatsoever, if he goes on his own, with his own volition, his own initiative, and he goes out and does something generally, you're still not allowed to have Hanah from that Malacha. So he says, in this case, we're talking about cases, we're talking about a case where he was able to read until now, it just was difficult. So we're going to get into these categories in a moment. But we see already the Mishnah Brura is widening. The original Maramint was Igaris. They kept on just repeating Igaris, which is a very specific case. That guy's a mailman, as we'll see. But the Mishnah Brura... We're getting to that. That's a separate. We're going to get to that as well. That has nothing to do with Ramaz. So we're getting to that. Okay, so the Mishnah Burr is already expanding this to include other common scenarios. So this is how we're watching it. We're watching this turn into a more general concept in Hilcha Shabbos now. So in that Sefer, Rafaq says, Ramaz B'derech Sipur or Shaloi B'derech Tzivoy is where there's no, technically, there's no instruction at all. You're just describing, you're telling them a story about your situation, and it's understood that you will have benefit if such and such will be done. And the examples he gives is, I can't sleep as long as the, the, the light is on, or it's too bad that the light's on for no reason. That would not be considered a milanachi, it would be fine. He adds there in the Ha'ara, you should know, in his opinion, that even if in your story that you're telling, you even mention the malacha clearly, meaning you say, I am a yid and I'm not allowed to turn on the light. So technically you actually mention, turn off the light. They so said technically you mention the words, turn off the light. You mention it in the context of I'm a yid and I'm not allowed to turn off the light. Otherwise, when you spoke to them directly, you just said, oh, you know, I wish uh, the light was off. If only the light was off. I'm a yid, I'm allowed to turn off the light. That would still be okay according to Falk. He says, you could even say that, oh, if it was a weekday, if, if it was Sunday, you know what I would do right now? I would probably go and flip, flip that switch right now. Oh, but I can't, Shabbos. So, very explicit, but technically you never mentioned that action in the context of uh, doing something in here and now. So, he says, uh, I, the, he says, the Shevet Halevi, in fact, disagrees. Uh, look up the Shevet Alevi. The Shevet Alevi is in Shalos Tshuvas Chelik Vav Sim Kuflamet Gimel Tshuvat Rav Yaakov Itzak Naiman Bells in Montreal. So the Shaila was is that people uh, parked their car on the side of the road, and all of a sudden, I guess in, uh, in Montreal where there's heavy snow, 
it can it can happen that when they want to clear the snow away, and I, they say they're a bit better at it than we are over here, they don't want the snow to just pile up on top of the cars. They say you have to move all your cars right right away so we can properly clear the, the street of all the snow. And uh, there are people that uh, didn't pay attention, and now they're going to get a ticket. So can you have a non-Jew move the car? So Sheridan Levy says it's difficult to find a hat there. We're going to tell me, Amir Adarech Remizah from Simeshon Zion, Sifcha Beis. How are you going, what are you going to tell him? You're going to tell him, I can't drive the car. And he's going to drive it on his own, which is what Rav Naiman had suggested. He says, this is an Isser Gomer. He says, the Magen of Rav and the Paiskim, they say, you say, I can't read. He does it on his own. So you all you said, the words that came out of your mouth, referred to things that are mutter on Shabbos. You're allowed to read letters on Shabbos? allowed to read letters on Shabbos. Now you said, oi, I can't read this letter on Shabbos. So your sentence only included Shabbos thicker things in it. That's how he understands it. But if the Yemez refers directly to the Isser, so if you say, I can't light it, I can't travel, Sheryl Levy says, immediately that means it's already Osir. And he says, I already learned from experience that it's very difficult to be made a Hatter unless it's a Tzayrach Gadol, which is not usually the category for this it's not supposed to be a tzedakah because it should be in any situation. But I'm only made a hetter to tzedakah gadol because bnei adam shutayam they don't get it. So hard to master the rules of how to say it properly that uh, they're going to get it wrong. And now you're telling me that this happens all the time. Snow falls. They want to clear the road. This is not a one-time thing. This is a an oft recurrence. So there's also bizarre mezuzah. Of Shabbos. So I find it difficult to be mad the Shevet Levi said, but I'm not closing the door and that I'm in and you're you're in and I'm out. You be mad to an Aser according to how you understand. You respect Rav Naiman enough to so Rav Naiman can come to his own uh, sock. So the Shevet Levi seems to disagree. You can't mention anything directly about the Isser even in a story-like way. But Rav Falk Tainas that Rav Shlomo Zaman Erebach and the Ryashiv Paskind Farkart. Mukhaira adding on her own, seemingly there's a lot of uh, a lot of room for thought here, a lot of room to question what these Gdarm are. These we're basically coming up with these Gdarm on her own uh, in the last t- 10, 20 years. So it's definitely open to debate. He said, or a fox said. Yeah. Mr. Bird just said, Haner ene meir yafa, or ene yafa likris l'er haner. Falk said, you can say, oh, if it was Sunday, I would... Uh... No, there's no, he doesn't mention the Yisr. That's what the Shevet Alevi will tell you. L'chayra, everything here, everything he's saying is highly debatable. You don't have to take his word for it. And then, Curious to hear what uh, your opinion is, not all at once. Um, especially the case of during the week, I would I would turn the light off like that. Does that sound like that? More like that or more like that? Uh, yeah. A little hard to. How do we eliminate the other side of it? The idea is he's not uh, doing, he's completely working on his own. This, but isn't he doing it at the end of the day? Like, do I need to convince him to sit in the house with me? And- so I'm gonna, he does not mention that at all. I was going to touch on that uh, at the end. So, 
it would seem that, you know, even though I'm, I'm quoting him, it doesn't necessarily mean that that's the final word. Even if you generally hold by these ideas, if you hold it doesn't mean you have to be masculine on every proud. But I'm just presenting what he said. He adds another point. He says, even if you turn to the non-Jew directly, and it's, it's very obvious that uh, you walk down to the street, you stop the person in the middle of the street, and you start telling them a story. Oh, you know, if only my, my light was off. Uh, I mean, what, what does the context suggest? What, 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 aren't you implying, please do something? There's no, still not a Merlinachri, because you didn't say any Hayra or Tzivoy. Even Beremes, you just, uh, you shared your plight, and that would not be Isra Merlinachri. And he says, how do I know this? Because of all the Paiskim that have kept them, kept them, that have been writing for the last many years, that you can tell Eremes with Erech Sipur. If you hold that uh, that's not allowed, then what case would you be able to it would eliminate almost all the cases? Because most of the time you're going outside to find someone. If going outside automatically means that it's pretty strongly implied that it's a tzivoy, then it would only work talk in the, the case of Shulchan Aruch, where the person delivered something to your house, and uh, then you ask, by the way, this and that. To him, that seems like uh, absurd, because everyone's been talking about this. And most people have not mentioned that it's mom is very limited. Does say that here it's the opposite. Well, Yashiv is quoted as saying that it is a problem. The second you turn directly outside to someone, it's already there. Tzivui. But he says the Shevet Alevi is quoted as saying that it's uh, that many other places give him that it's fine. He writes, This is what everyone does. You go outside, you know, you're not cheshish that going outside is a problem. That's that discussion. The next question, as we mentioned, is what, like the Mishabura mentions, what about the Hanah? Let's say there's no Amira, but aren't you having Hanah from the Malacha? And isn't that the case, even if he completely volunteers, even if you were completely unaware, not involved? So he says there are three, there are a number of exceptions, and three of them are what he calls Pu'ula Siluk. You're removing something, so there's no Hanah Chiyuvis, no, you're not enjoying something, you didn't accomplish something new, you're just preventing something. And he explains that the reason why this is not Asr is because Chachamim only Asr Hanah, that's a direct result of the Malacha. But here, the Hanah is not a result of the Malacha. The Malacha got rid of something that was going to disturb your Hanah. Right? A fire, the fire broke out. He eliminated the fire so you can keep enjoying your uh, possessions. He didn't create new possessions for you. Mm-hmm. Well, what if the lights off? Okay. Uh, Let's, let's go one thing at a time. He adds, not only if it's uh, a future problem, where the problems are going to come in a while, it could even be something that's bothering you already. So, for example, let's say the light is on in a room and you want it to be turned off in order to sleep there. So even though you already couldn't sleep there, from, the problem is already here, the problem already arrived. You couldn't sleep there. And now now I could sleep here. But he says, no, the Svarne Senes, that it's still the Gedr Siluk, because the sleeping is still not a direct result of lack of a light. So we can't say that sleeping is a direct outcome of Kibui. The Kibui still just eliminated the problem that was preventing you from sleeping, and now you can sleep. He says, this is what Paiskim Takase. That's Pu'ula Siluk. Another category is Menias Kilkul. Menias Kilkul means that you didn't actually do uh, any pula. There is no new pula in the world that, that, that was created with it, you know, created here. The malacha is just preserving the status quo. What would be the example of that? 
the food is already hot, and he does hatmana. So technically, nothing new happened here. The thing was hot before, it's still hot now. All he did was preserve the heat that, that was already there. Right? As opposed to extinguishing fire with water here, you took a fire, and now there's no more fire. At least you actually accomplished something. This is even less than that, in a sense. And he says the reason is, is because he quotes the Al-Tarebbe, Lashon the Al-Tarebbe, and simulation in Zion, there's no new Hanoah here. It just is preserving what we have before. And he clarifies this only would apply to food, where we say that this is hot food. But a room would not have the same gather. A hot room is there's the room and there's the heat. They're considered two separate things. So if you add wood, you have to go add wood to the fire, that would be considered a Hanoah Hadashah. So you always have to know exactly how these things apply. The third category he mentions is Tesefas Hanoah. That you already have the Hanoah a little bit. And now we're just increasing the Hanoah that you already had. Like the example the Mishnah Brewer mentioned, that you already had some light, and now we're just increasing, we're getting more light. And in Hara, he comments and he says, you really have to be this and in every single case to be Magda. Is this Gemura? Is it Tesefes? Is it a new thing? Is it just an, an, an extension? And he says, even if the Tesefes, even if it's a Tesefes, but the, cephas, the outcome of the Tesefes is that it changes the nature of the thing, that it's considered a new honor. What would be an example of that? It says in, in Shukhanarach, if the food was ready, and then you did something, and you were, you were maisif in the bishel, you're not allowed to eat it. Isn't that just Tesefes? It was already edible, and now it's more edible. Say so, you no, know, that's already a different, it's a different uh, category of, uh, of echos. It's a different, uh, you can say that this was a half edible of a piece of food, and now this is a fully edible piece of food. So that wasn't, uh, that's a chiddush and hana. So those are the three major categories in which if malacha is done, whether we weren't supposed to do the malacha, or maybe the guy did it, so there wasn't a problem for Amira. Now the question is, can you have a no? If it's in these types of scenarios, then it's not a problem to be nana from that malacha. There are other uh, dharam in addition, but that's enough to give you a picture of uh, what we're talking about. And by the way, as you mentioned, there are cases where you're allowed to tell the non-Jew directly to do something. Now those are cases of shvus to shvus, right? Shvus to shvus is amir l'anachri is one shvus, and then you're telling them to do it to Rabban, that's another shvus. So that, as he explains in the next chapter, chapter 13, there's four gedarim for that, when you're allowed to do that. Tzairach mitzvah, hafsid gadol, tzairach gadol, and tzairach gof, as he explains, we're not getting into that now. And he mentions, by the way, that all electricity is considered dirabanan for this purpose. Huh? Tzairach gof would be... Uh, so, no, well, it's, it's considered equivalent to miktas choyli. Tzairach gof is like miktas choyli. Example that would not fit into many of the examples that you have, or it's not quite, doesn't quite reach the, any of those levels. Uh, let's say the, one of the main lights in your house is off. It's not Tzarek uh, Mitzvah because you can do whatever you wanted to do before. Not Absent God, it's not Tzarek God, it's not Tzarek God, it's just annoying. Many other cases like that. Right, so it might it might be in the category of Tzarek God, in which case everything we said before about Emma Zerach for turning off the lights. 
The question is if lights is considered the Terabanan or not. That would be the problem. That would be the question. You might, therefore, you might have to use the Ramaz with super approach instead of Shvos if it's not a Shvos. So, Gabi, electricity says generally electricity is considered the Rabbanon, except for light bulbs. Light bulbs would be considered the Raisa, and in that Gufa, except for LED lights, which are becoming increasingly common, LED lights would be considered the Rabbanon. He says only electricity. Yeah. He says, include, yeah, he says, Easter includes fluorescent. Fluorescent, even though others it's known say otherwise, fluorescent is included in the Raisa, LEDs are the Rabbanon. You can talk about the full categories of those. No, there are other concepts where if it's segregation for the guy, it could be a much bigger cooler. If it's Barakash and Sirikh Lagufa for the guy, we're not getting into the. No, Shvost is Shvost, you can tell him, go ahead and do this. Didn't come across that when going through this entire. How do we define if the uh, light is being lighted with the LED? He said all light bulbs except LED. That's what he said. Why? Why? Yeah. Okay, we're not getting into that. The reason I'm asking that is because the chief of the dining room's uh, um, light was off. We asked for by Hoffman, the girl of the city, and he told us the call guy. And you should do the shim, and you should give him a watch. Ah, okay. So that's a different discussion. Why I have to get, get into that separately. Most machines have like, a lot of machines have concepts of the Right. Okay. So you have to, so to keep possible, but that could be Malachashin Sirich Halagufa. for a guy, or Psikresha. Those we just said, those are things that's not an issue for a guy. So that's clearly not what he's trying to, if it just has little lights blinking. That's so not. These four categories doesn't have to be there. Yeah, in those cases, your mom is telling him exactly what you want him to do, and it's no problem. But we're, we're focusing. Yeah, yeah. But uh, our main focus here is on the cases which don't fit into that, and you do have to be Miramas with Sipur. So then, in the next chapter, chapter 14, so he sums up everything right? So we have shvos to shvos for certain cases, and you have remez b'derech sipur, and that is heter gomor. You don't have to feel guilty about it, and that could be without a tzerach gadol. That's the whole point, and it could even be malacha deraisa. That's part of the point. And uh, again, he emphasizes you're allowed to say, you're even allowed, according to him, you're even allowed to say that I'm now to turn on the light, or I would have turned on the light if it was the weekday, and. You have to be careful, though. If he responds and says, oh, so you mean you want me to turn on the light? You're not allowed to confirm. You can't even nod your head. You just have to keep on repeating yourself or say, if you'd like, whatever you want. Be careful. So there's a lot of pratim here of how to make sure you're doing it right and not uh, being nechshel. Of course, you still have to keep in mind that this is only, unlike shvost to shvost, in that, in that sense, shvost to shvost could be in every, uh, in every malach, every situation, but in this case, again, the, the outcome of the malacha also has to be mutter, because it's either pu'ula siluk, turning off the lights, uh, tesefes ano, there's already some lights. And he gives a list of uh, common examples of pu'ula siluk, turning off an alarm that's bothering you, turning off the gas, turning off the air conditioner, turning off a heater, turning off the lights, turning off uh, electronic appliances, and turning off the car engine. Those would all be considered pu'ula siluk, and therefore, you can do the Ramaz Barach Sipur and not to Amira, and he can do it, and you're having enough from the Pu'ula Sil. Then he adds, there's a problem, Bechlal, that uh, it's a situation where one, the second you walk through the door, it's going to be obvious what the problem is, and you call him in from the street without explaining yet what it is. So you told him a Tzivu, your Tzivu was, come into my house. And then when he came into your house, he immediately understood what he had to do. That would count as Ramaz Barach 
So in that case, you have to be careful either not to tell them clearly to come into your house, to tell them the whole Ramazan Sipur in advance, something like that. So also another point, another that's another point to be careful about. He also gets to ask, get, touches on the question as to whether you can, let's say you live near a road, you know, no one's walking. Can you stop someone in their car? Or by telling them to stop the car, you essentially uh, were mitzav on them to do the malach of stopping the car. And all right, Brian uh, just touched on that on his website. Uh, another issue would be, let's say you live on a, a very high floor in a building, and naturally he's going to come into the building, they'll take the elevator, they're going to take the elevator. By inviting them into the building, does that mean that walking to the elevator is then a result of your tzivu? So these are all... What about a situation that, let's say, in Israel, it's very common. Let's say the prime minister lives in a certain place and he lives next to the... You have neighbors. Yeah. In order to scare they put... Uh, yeah. Whoever passes has to go through machines. Mm-hmm. And there's sold the, the, the guards are Jewish. Meaning they have to go... They have to yeah. Are you allowed to go to the That's the only way to go to the store. That's the only way to go to the store. That's a, quite, that's a, that's a different category of question. Uh, they're working in security. What is uh, certain kind of behavior that when when Israel was uh, established, that was a big, that's a big uh, category of discussions. And once you have these security questions, what are you allowed to do for security? But that's not uh, what we're focusing on here. And then throughout the chapter, he goes through Bashad very common situations: turning the lights on, turning the lights off, uh, a light bulb in the refrigerator, turning on the heat, turning on the air conditioning, turning off the air conditioning, turning on the fuse, turning on an, uh, a hot plate putting uh, food on the stove, uh, mopping the floor, washing dishes, opening an electronic door, uh, taking a person in a wheelchair in the street, uh, even inviting a cleaning person to your house. And by inviting them and saying, come to my house, that means they're going to have to take a car. You, uh, that means that you told them, take a car and travel. So it goes through all of these inyana, I recommend going through these inyana. But to sum up, before we go on to the last point about the controversy, that means that Lukhaira, as far as I could tell, he, has, he mentions nothing about the idea of giving him something that he should be nana at all. Um, of course, there is that category. Sometimes with the guys doing the for his own hanab, we're not, getting, we're not focusing on that. It just seems like it's based on these two principles. The Amira is not here because there's no Amira. And the Hana is not a problem because it's in those uh, cases where the Hana is mutter, those specific cases where the Hana is mutter anyway, even if it was done taka it wasn't supposed to be done. There are others who use this idea that if he's expecting to get a Teva Hana, so that could be uh, better than him just doing something on his own. And then that leads to the question of, does that really apply to someone you're pulling off the street? Is he really doing it uh, for a Teva Hana or is he just doing it because he's uh, polite? Give them something, you offer them, they don't want. But it seems like according to this whole uh, mahalach, it's not, it doesn't seem like that even factors in. But that represents that. Now, uh, everything was doing fine, but now we get to the big controversy. There's one uh, Chabad figure who is that it's not okay. Who's that? That is Harav Bet 11. And Chayvet Tzaharis, uh, number 826, from told us, I think it's also printed in his David Shalom. And uh, he starts off by saying, uh, quoting from Simulation of Zion, that send a Gnigaris with a guy, you have to pay him, uh, you have to pay him, then he's not doing a Bishvil Yisrael, he's doing a Bishvil Atzmai. Um, then what about if he does a Bechinom? 
just beginning, then still mistama to be mishal gmol to the yid, so it's still different opinions. So he says, oh, from all of these halachas, we see that when you call an Anjou and you say, I can't do this and this, can't open the, the, the fridge until the light is turned off, and then you give him something to eat, and he says the, the only case where the Mutt and Shulchan Aruch is where Hitaka went on his own, Mamash on his own, but here he didn't go on his own. And he continues in this Venayan, Simon Shenzayan, it says this Vart of Nachi Shevi Gadis Chasuma, it ends off, the Altarab ends off, Wadas Atma Yuoise, Lahashlim Pulasa, Bishlichas Yigarazu, the Lukhachin Sarat Mimchas Biyade. So he says that's talking specifically about a Kablin, because he's, it's his mission to bring the letter. So then you say, on his own, he feels like, oh, he wants to finish his job, his part of his job included, opening the, bringing the letter to him, part of it to him feels like he has to open it also. So that's unique, that's a very unique din. So uh, I am a Dura Basra, we know Madura Basra is more makal. If, if a Naju does something on his own, then it's less of a problem. But he says, writes, So what essentially seems to be, I'm skipping a lot, but it seems that Rebbe Pasha is not acknowledging this whole concept, this whole Havana, that Remez B'derech Sipur exists. He has another way for teaching all the halachas. Here's a Kablin, here's this. So to him, this concept doesn't exist. You told the guy, the Remez, you told him something. So a few years later, Yikra Samachay, Gillian 896, Mendel Ali Shevitz was in the Khail Tzemach at the time. He responds to the Bell 11 and big Arichas. But his big taina is that no, the whole idea here is that we do not consider this to be a tzivoy. He's doing it me'elav. And that's the Pshad and Simon Shinzai. And that's how you're supposed to understand all these halachas. And then you have the Alter Rebbe Madura Basra that says that uh, if ain't gufa Yisrael nana and he does it on his own, you don't have to be meicha. So it all comes together nicely. So you have these two avonas, and then okay, we don't have much more time anyway. Um, in a few years ago, in Ayin Tess, Dayan Raskin printed Klale Heter Amir Lanachri B'Shabbos in uh, number 1153 by Yera, and he wrote over there, among other things, Klal Ches. If it's Sipur Pelipe Kuda, he does it on his own, according to the Alter Rebbe, um, According to the Shulchan Aruch, would be only if he thinks he's doing it for himself. But according to Madura Basra, even it could be even if he's doing it for the Yid, as long as the Gufa Yisrael is not Nana directly from the Maisa Hanachri. He says there's actually a, a Maisa in the Kutu Diburim, which has been discussed. I don't know if you've heard of it. And, uh, there's a Maisa in the Kutu Diburim that uh, there was snow on the Sukkah, and Alter Rebbe said that we should tell the guy that we can't eat in the Sukkah unless uh, with with all the snow. And so it's mashma from there that something like this works. Bar 11 responded a few issues later, 1160, and uh, again, he just seems to be repeating this idea that uh, there is no such thing in his view of Ramaz B'dayrach Sipur. He just understands all the halachas differently. And then right in the next Kayevitz, uh, Raskin responded, or Tiyar from Australia responded, they don't agree with him. So uh, it doesn't seem like Bar 11 has any cluttered eye from the Al that this doesn't exist. He just has a whole different mahalach and explaining the Al according to which this doesn't exist. So that uh, that's the in short that uh, is our presentation on these halachas, the way the Vilt understands it, and a bit of a taste, a bit of introduction to this debate in the Kripsi Aris. And of course, this is just the beginning for a lot more uh, eon in this sugya kuchamas.